0: man how are you
1: not bad how are you doing
0: uh i am uh i'm good not like not amazing but uh i've had well yeah i've had worse days why what's the what's with the not amazing my friend a
1: little stressful or what with everything that's going on and
0: uh yeah just just general stuff like uh you know everybody and their mother in california here is like panicking and the stores are empty so just making what
1: the shit like no kidding what is going on with people here's the thing here's the thing okay so you know when they when you watch a movie and sometimes um you see like a a family that's starving on the front lawn of a family that's barricaded themselves in their house and they got food and provisions and family inside's got a shotgun they're like we're not letting you in they're like, dad, let him in. We're not letting you in. We got to take care of our own. We got to look after ourselves. You know, we, 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 it, it's me and my family. I'm sorry, sir, but you're going to have to keep bumping it on down the road. And you're watching this like, how the fuck would this happen? And then you realize a flu, my friend, a flu. Like you get some people, like a guy like yourself in your prime would have cold like symptoms at worst. And some people are losing their mind. And it's like every man for himself, every woman for himself, as long as my kids eat. I don't care if the people down the street, like your neighbors who you think got your back, who you say hi to every day as you go to your car to go to work. Those same neighbors will barricade themselves at the house. Like they will empty every single piece of food, every provision at a grocery store and fuck everybody else. As long as I'm good, I'm good. It's like you get a breakdown in society over a flu.
0: You know what I mean? Like
1: it's crazy. Imagine this was, imagine this was some real shit, some scary, imagine this was some scary the percentage of living wasn't 3% that you might die. 90, and that's if you're 80. If you were under 50, you were 99 point something percent chance you're going to live. That's like if you drive on the fucking highway. Okay? Right. There are people with that kind of percentage you're going to live, and this is happening. Imagine something crazy happened where it's like 50 50. Oh, yeah. People would be full out guns out, we're rocking and rolling, man. It's scary, man.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's nuts, man. Like just, I don't know, uh, on, on my end, like just through personal levels, not that this matters in the grand scheme of things, but, um, like I have, I have some clients that, uh, they, they can't train because their gyms are closed. Uh, you know, this is more over, over in like the European sector. Uh, they can't train. They, uh, I have two Italian clients actually that, uh, had to, you know, they they had to cancel their coaching completely because they can't leave their house, so obviously they can't train. But more, yeah. moreover, uh, their their jobs are in danger. The one runs a, a business uh, manufacturing gym equipment, and he doesn't have enough uh, in savings for his business to continue if he can't keep manufacturing things. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. So if it, if it doesn't let up, like he'll he'll lose his entire livelihood. Like he's put everything into it, and I don't know. I just. Uh, I don't know. I tend to soak that up with with a lot of the people that I deal with on um, on a day to day basis. So needless to say, I'm I'm a little I'm a little a little heightened emotionally for sure. Yeah, you. Uh, that's that's why I
1: don't mind starting the podcast off talking about this like we are right now. I mean, I'm recording right now, by the way, just so
0: you know. Oh, I, I, I figured. I yeah, figured.
1: good. Um, no, but like, cause this is real. This is prevalent. This is this is what's going on like worldwide. I I've never seen this myself in my lifetime. I see. I saw SARS. I was early 2000s um i mean that's this is nothing that the, the sars was nothing we're talking thousands the, this is this is crazy in the actual the, the craziest part for everybody is um like pot like for instance commodities if they're not coming from if, if certain parts that in your plant and you're putting together an end end piece product are coming from china are coming from india are coming from wherever in asia are coming from europe if your, your plant has to shut down, just from that alone, if we didn't have to close down what we're doing in our nations, but just because of China, if it just stayed over there, you might have saw some major impact. However, if it now we're getting to the point where we can't have people at work, so people have to go home, I don't know what's going to happen economically. I don't know what's going to happen. Like some Certain people might survive. Certain people are in trouble. Certain people can work from home. Certain people can't. Um, and even if you work for a home like yourself, if your clients are like, Hey, guess what? I'm not paying for something I can't use. So we're going to have to put a pause on that. If 50% of your people say that, well, I guess I'm making 50% less. Hopefully it's not for the next six months. Hopefully it's just for a month or two. I can bleed for a month or two. I can't bleed for half a year and stay all right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's kind of my, my, my worry. And and I I want to put a, uh, I preface on this, saying like obviously, in the grand scheme of of you know public health and and all that you know lifting in lifting in in our hobby you know as, as seriously as we take it isn't the end of the world you know but I it it's just it's it's a scary thing for sure um you know just everything around the world that's happening the long term effects that this might have on the worldwide economy um yeah man you that's know- that's scary and uh, and dealing with uh. You know, obviously the possibility that, you know, you could be carrying this and maybe pass it on to, to somebody that you care about that, you know, is at risk is, is probably the scariest thing. And the thing that scares me the most, like, you know, what if, God forbid, you know, somebody at the Arnold had it, you know, like, yeah. I, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. Yeah. So, yeah, it's not so much. Stuff.
1: If you're young and in your prime, um, Yeah, it's not so much yourself. It's that you could be giving it to somebody older in your life. And yeah. And you might feel next to no symptoms. Some people don't feel nothing. You feel like how many times in your day, in, in your life, people get sick around the office. You just got a runny nose, felt a little tired. Be like, I didn't really catch it really that bad. That's this is no different. But so you could be the same way. Where like I didn't really feel much of anything. Sometimes you feel literally nothing, but you carry it. And then you give it to someone who's old. But I don't know. Um, in terms of like the overall, the bigger picture here. It just depends on how quickly we can turn this around, or how long we have to stay in this shutdown phase. I hear South Korea is testing 10,000 people a day, and they are a fraction of the population the U.S. is. And, they're, and they straight up lock down blocks. They lock down. There's no gyms, no schools. No, and their, their levels of people infected isn't increasing anymore. And it's not like uh, this has been out, like coronavirus has been out for a long time. It's not like the levels, they're, they're actually decreasing. They're already on the turnaround. So if other nations, nations can follow suit, lock down, do tons of testing, and quarantine it up a little bit, if the turnaround is that quickly, yes, by, for instance, and we'll get into this right now, we'll bring it back to a little bit of powerlifting for everybody, but yes, by June Worlds, we could be back on track. However, sure. However, if we don't, and not all nations are going to be following the exact same protocol, and, and not all nations are testing that much, it could be fucking catastrophic, man. We could be seeing millions of cases. You yeah. know. So, I mean, the, the South Korea is probably the best I've seen in terms of testing in lockdown. It's just phenomenal. China also, initially they didn't know what they were dealing with. I don't think any of us did. And now they're, they're, they're reversing it.
0: But I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how this is going to shake up. No one really does. Yeah, man. Uh, I mean, again, obviously, in the in the grand scheme of things, you know, power powerlifting and all the all the effects that it's had on that are, are very very small. But you know, this is a powerlifting podcast, so I yeah, guess you yeah, yeah. Could comment on that. Like, just today alone, seeing seeing collegiate nationals here in the states uh, postponed, uh, seeing seeing Sheffield, uh, which was arguably the probably the most anticipated event of the whole year in the powerlifting world. Seeing that postponed um there's a ton of of local meets here in the states that have been outright canceled i don't know what it, it's like up there yeah um but it's it's just it's crazy to see all this happening um i i don't think i've ever seen so many people so uh careful about wiping down all the equipment in the gym yeah. uh, the whole the whole state of things is, is pretty crazy um and it's it's interesting to see like all of the you know, all the Sheffield competitors are like scrambling to to try to do meets so they don't waste their peaking cycles.
1: <laughs> it's true. <What? laughs> it's true. You're like, hey, man, I was ready to kill some some numbers. Yeah,
0: um, I uh, I spoke with uh, Amanda Lawrence just before this, and I guess she's trying to get into the the women's meet that's uh, in her home state here in the next in the next couple of weeks or something like that. Um, I know Taylor uh, Atwood is competing on Sunday. I don't know if you saw that. He he just announced. Yeah, he got into a meet uh, in in New York um, that he's going to be competing in on Sunday. So, like, I I don't know about the rest of the competitors, but that's kind of what it seems like is the the general consensus that they're all trying to do.
1: Dude, a lot of these local meet directors are like, oh, hell yeah, did we cash in? I was just running a local meet. Now these guys are like, I got Taylor Atwood, I got Amanda Lawrence. They got like the biggest names in, in the IPF all of a sudden coming in. Like, can I do a local meet? And he's like, whoa, did we cash in, man? We never would have seen you coming around.
0: Yeah, I think I saw uh, Russ is doing the meet that uh, that uh, Tina De is putting on as long as that you know still still happens. Um, and the, the thing is that a lot of these are still – you know even the meets that they're trying to reset up for are all up in the air still too.
1: I, man, so in some of the nations under straight-up lockdown – there you don't even go to the gym. Like there are nations where like you please don't go to gyms, don't go to anything beyond pharmacy, hospital, obviously, whatever, and getting grocery stores are open, obviously. But beyond that, um, anything like like social places, gatherings, um, recreational sports, all that shit is locked down. So we aren't there yet. We're behind. It would have been nice to see if we were ahead and been like, All right, look at Let's um, let's because the quicker we react, the fewer people get get it, and the quicker we turn it around, and it's done. But the the slower we, we're, we react, when we become reactive and not proactive, the longer it hits us. If we're more a little more like South Korea, man, they they, I was told. So a guy, a guy I know, his brother lives in South Korea, and it's if somebody gets infected in South Korea in a building, they don't only shut down the building, they shut down like all the neighborhood. They'll shut down the block, man. And they're testing everybody. Ten thousand people a day get tested. So you get how many? It spreads quick, but they're they're working even quicker. Um, Makes sense. So this is this is the type of kind of proactive some of these people are on. Um, and talking to some people, I, like you were saying about the grocery store situation. So this is the mentality. I was talking to this one girl I know, and she was saying, um, "Look, it, I got I wasn't gonna be the stockpile type. And then I went to the grocery store, and I seen how barren it was. So I'm texting." My husband, and we go to two different stores, and look, at. I got mouths to feed. I got kids at home. I got to make sure. I don't care if I starve, but they can't starve, so we're going to stockpile. And then um, that's where it becomes, okay, look, it, I get it, but everybody, not everybody's got kids, but other people got kids. Yeah. Eventually, somebody's not going to get to the store in time, and it's one of those, hey, fuck like it's one of those. I'm cool as long as everybody else is cool. As soon as I get a little scared because other people aren't cool, I'm looking out for my damn home. Like that's yeah. that's where that's where it can be. That's the dog eat dog mentality.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I was I was just at uh, the local local Target up here because uh, when when the president uh, announced that he was having a, a news conference, they were predicting he was going to uh, declare a national state of emergency, which he did. And, uh, it was even before that, it was just chaos. I, uh, all I, all I want to go get was just, you know, some cleaning supplies, uh, because we weren't sure that there were going to be any for, you know, the, the gym that my, my girlfriend runs or let alone our house. And I got in there and there were two bottles left. Holy shit. All the, all the bread was gone. All of the, uh, rice was gone. Most of the frozen food was gone. All the meat was gone. All the water was gone. Oh my God. Uh, and yeah, most of the, most of the, um, things like, Uh, like they, they were even like baby wipes. Uh, they were, they, they still had some, but you were, you were only allowed to buy one package at a time because they had so little.
1: Good. I'm Uh, glad they started being to people like, like some people going up to the, to the cart with like god knows amounts of toilet paper. It's like, Hey asshole. Uh, no pun intended. You don't need that much toilet paper. You know what I'm saying? Like, like there's people. uh, So my parents, my mom was telling me, um, me, her, my dad, my parents are seven. They're old. And they were at uh, one of the grocery stores. And she was like, oh, we heard that. After we left, some dude had like a shitload of of toilet paper. And somebody seen how much toilet paper he had. And a dude was like, like, there was no toilet paper left. And they look, and this one dude's got a shitload of toilet paper. like I mean, like stacks. Like like, the memes are going out. So someone's like, all right, homeboy, I'm going to take one of your toilet papers because this is ridiculous. And guess what? There's other people that need it. So someone took one of his toilet papers. Well, dude's like, put it back. I ain't putting it back, because my we need some toilet paper, too. You got eight. I need one. Okay? I got kids, too. So they, they end up fist fighting in the grocery store. Oh, and, and, dude, we're, like, middle class, just everyday Canada, like everyday America, like everyday Europe, like everyday Asia, whatever. Um, okay. and, and they're fist fighting for fucking toilet paper, man. And this is the type of... This is what fear does. When, when the ratcheting up of, of paranoia and fear goes, it becomes... You know, I don't know where it comes. It brings up the ugliness, man. You you know how you look back in history. And you're like, in the time of like the 30s, in the in the Depression era, when they, we're, we're talking way worse than we've ever seen it, my friend. And then when World War II comes in 1939, and people are like, how could this happen? How could they, people just like not do anything, say anything when when atrocities are happening, etc. When a fucking flu comes through your neighborhood, and people end up like this, now you could see. Like, yeah, okay. Like, no, this wouldn't happen around here. Yeah, it would. It could happen yeah. anywhere. Yeah, it could. It could happen to you. It wouldn't happen this generation. We're too woke. Yeah, it could. You're just not scared, that's all. You're, yeah. you're the, If you're young and free and woke, it's because you're not scared and you're living under the protection of whatever. As um, soon as you feel scared, let's take away a little protection so the government's strong. It's not going to be like that. But if something natural disaster comes around like this, your protection's gone. You feel vulnerable. Now we're going to see. And, and it, things change real quick, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, it's eye-opening, man. It's, it's yeah. In 20 years, we're going to look back at this and remember this time period.
0: Oh, I, I was just saying that to myself, actually. I was As I was walking through the store, I was just looking at all this, and I'm like, wow, I am not going to forget the year 2020, that's for sure. Yeah,
1: man. It started off crazy, and then it's getting a whole lot crazier. Hopefully it doesn't get too bad. Now, I was going to the Master Worlds. That's postponed until October. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, we don't know if it's going to be in South Africa, but South Africa has the African Championships in October. So I'm assuming they're just going to piggyback those. I'm just assuming. This is nothing official. But it makes sense. If the same nations keep them, it'll probably be piggybacked on that. I mean, they're holding me in October. makes sense. You can just put them together. Um, Master, or sorry, Bench Worlds, got pushed off until August. You know who might be holding that? You know what's going on in August? Who was, I don't even, where was Bench Worlds being held? Do you know off the top of your head? I could probably look it up right now.
0: Czech Republic. Was it Czech? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Uh, because I saw um, uh, Joe Reber uh, put up a, a Facebook status about how they had they had put out a, a statement saying that uh, sporting competitions were more than likely going to be canceled, um, which is, is what got everybody talking about Bench Worlds being moved. And then obviously, Gaston announced that later um so yeah I, I i don't know the situation with that honestly i don't know if it'll still be in the czech republic or if it'll be somewhere else but yeah. um I, w- I would assume so you know considering they, they're using the term postponed but we can't say for sure the, the interesting thing uh is, at least on the american end of things is that our, our nationals is october you know like all of these people that are supposed to com- compete at master worlds that would normally do our raw nationals like, depending on the timing, they could be doing it, like, the week before our nationals, you know? Uh, or, or maybe maybe it'll happen during, and then, like, what do you do then, you know? Well,
1: I mean, it's a flight to South Africa. So even if it's the week before, you can't you – can't you you're, you're going to yeah. need t- just the flight alone and the traveling. Like, it's – if you're cutting weight, well, that's goodbye. I mean, it's – yeah. Yeah, you might be like, all right, if you do Worlds this year, you're not going to nationals. You're not going to qualify for Worlds next year. Like, you're you're, you're missing a year somewhere it is what it is. Like it's, uh, I don't know how it's going to shake up
0: for a lot of nations. Yeah. It's going to, it's going to be a very weird year in, in the whole powerlifting world just simply because of this. Um, I, uh, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I just, I, I don't really know how to, the whole thing is still kind of a bit of a, a shock to me, but, uh, here's hoping that, you know, we can get the situation worldwide under control, uh, because obviously the next thing on the chopping block is, is normal classic worlds in, in June. Yeah. Um, I, I I don't know. I uh, I feel like I feel like unless the the whole world can kind of get this under like I don't know it'll it'll probably more than likely be delayed or canceled or or both. At least at least in in my opinion, it doesn't seem like um, not that I'm an expert or anything or anything like that, but just judging by the trends and how this has gone so far, it, it, it doesn't seem to me that it's going to get better before it gets worse. And and I don't think there will be enough enough time not to not to be too controversial or anything like that, but you That's know,
1: just it, yeah it, it I, depends like uh, I've heard experts
0: that like from
1: from certain nations I say the peak of this is going to be June the peak in terms of the sickness
0: there you how, go
1: however China and South Korea have already turned it around and it's decreasing it just depends on how the other nations step up South Korea is testing 10,000 people a day Canada and US are testing not even close yeah, not even close. Yeah. We're we're, we're yeah. sleeping at the wheel a little bit. So I don't know if we didn't think it was gonna to come to us or what was the deal, but we gotta do something. Look, the Canadian Prime Minister's uh, wife got infected.
0: Yeah, yeah, I saw that.
1: So um, I mean, I don't I don't know. It, it's in in terms of uh, the World Championships. If it had to be moved, they could conceivably, it's a thought, anyways. Move it and piggyback it with the equipped Worlds.
0: Um, maybe
1: so, so you could do things where the open lifters lift with the equipped worlds open uh, the juniors can lift later on in the year with the junior open and um, I mean that's sustainable it's not overwhelming it's not um, you know it's something that I think the meet directors might be able to handle if they have to do something like that here's the one thing though and I want to talk about the SPD invitation in a second about the cancellation there but the amount of work that goes into like organizing these um, getting the venue, you know, the, 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 it's it's like a year-long project. It's not when you arrive, well, you didn't have the spotters and loaders there. You didn't have, no, but the amount of work you've done, impossible initial investment to secure these things. I don't know if these people are going to take a complete bath or not. That's why I think if things are, I think they're using terms postponed because they're giving the meet directors an opportunity to hold it later that year so they can somewhat recoup. Otherwise, if it's just an individual and it's an international event and this individual on in good faith, the meet director is trying to put some things in place, I mean, you could totally tank somebody. You could, you could financially ruin this cat. I think they're going to try to give him as much leeway as possible to turn it around, if I had to guess, but... For sure. Um,
0: uh, yeah. yeah, I, I mean, I, again, I'm, I'm not as plugged in at the international level uh, as some other people, but yeah I, I mean if i if i had to guess they would probably still you know at least try to hold the meet. um because you're right that can definitely be the case that's i know that's kind of a, a bit of the the controversy that's going on right now with uh, with our our own collegiate nationals um just because a lot of a lot of schools even even before it's it's postponement um weren't allowing their students to go so uh, I, I believe that's you know the main reason why they're they're trying to hold it this summer, uh, so that they can, they can give the, the meat director the chance to, to actually perform or to actually put on a meat because, you know, I mean, we all, we all think about that from the case of the consumer. Um, but you know, like if, if you're an individual putting on these meats, like, yeah, it can definitely, it could ruin your whole life.
1: Well, I mean, you, depending on how you thought you were going to get your money back, you're like, well, I'm going to get my money back. I always do. God knows where you took the money from. And in these events are massive. You, you do the math on how many people you think are coming and you think you got that kind of income coming in and and it is usually the same meat directors that raise their hand that's why a lot of the meats go to the same places often yeah. well you don't want to burn the bridge of some of one of the few that's going to raise his hand and do this or if in that calendar year you exhaust all of your regular people who are meat directors in that calendar year now the first half of the year you burn all of them right <laughs> and they're like well thank you I'm never doing that again right so it's one of those deals where you don't want to you know, the, the the many are supported by the few when it comes to meat directors, uh, spotters, loaders, and the whole nine. The infrastructure, and this is the case, is supported by the few. Don't burn the few. The people that complain the most are the many. The power lifters that aren't going to show up to volunteer, aren't going to do fuck all, they're going to talk about it on social media. They might complain, but they're not part of the infrastructure that's really going to get hit in terms of trying to lay down this. And, and I want to say something spd um i was gonna do the commentating for that and i'm mad disappointed i'm not gonna be there um it was like i can't tell you how excited i was on that front being a part of that I, how honored i was that they reached out to me way in advance and said like we want you to be the guy we want you to be the, the commentator um so i mean i was uber excited doing my research like i had most of the people on podcasts anyways and know who's who but to be a part of that, but I also got a glimpse behind the scenes because we did many meetings, Skype meetings and phone calls and whatnot. And I was told ahead of time, like this was an idea they had formed years ago. And that's just the idea years ago, waiting for the proper moment, putting the proper pieces in place. Is this financially reasonable to do this? We wanted to make it as big as possible. Uh, is the timing right, the location, everything. And then in terms of, for years, plotting. And putting this together. And then when they decide to pull the trigger on this, the actual putting wheels in motion for something as big as this. Like the past year. I mean, it's been insane with the amount of work that they've done. Everyone's seen the promos they've been putting out. In terms of um, every week they have like a post they can reshare, the videos they've done and everything like that. And it's all now, they're scrapping it and they're going to go on to next year's show. And I can't tell you how gutted they must feel. You know the amount of work to get pulled away from you like that. I feel terrible for them. You know guys like you know Pete Spencer and you know all those kinds of I mean it's I can't even imagine how bad that would be to like the amount of work they put. I remember talking to Pete. This dude wasn't sleeping man. He would have to like run things for the Arnold. He had to run day to day operations and then this, all the promo videos they did after Raw Nationals when they were putting in like Taylor Atwood and you know dope ass videos they use. And then, and even just like, not even just the, just the still picks they did and how they put them all together, all the work they put into it, everything, man. And that organizing, when you, the organization it takes to do an international competition with people flying in with their crews and handlers from all over the world, hotels, accommodations, the venue, um, getting ticket master or whatever the hell they're selling the tickets through, set up, like, like just establishing all those and, and, uh, fuck, man, the amount of work they did, and for the last, in the last two weeks, it got pulled, meaning the hard work was pretty much done. They already did the big body of their work to be like, oh, guess what, guys? Fucking got it, man. So as disappointed as I am, when Pete told me, and and Peter Spence tells me, like, Ryan, I'm so sorry. I'm like, Pete, are you kidding me, man? I know how much work you put in this, my friend. Like, no, I feel, look, I feel bad, Pete. I can't imagine how you feel. I feel, like, I'm sorry, man. Like not either one of us are responsible for Corona, but still like,
0: yeah. damn, man. Yeah. I, man, uh, not to mention so, the lifters. Sorry, go ahead. Are we, oh yeah. Like uh, I was talking because just because I, you know, Pete's, Pete's a friend. I was talking to him before the Arnold, you know, trying to get a sense of, uh, it, you know, if we'd be on for all the meats there. And, and, you know, he's, he's, telling me, like, oh, I've been on the phone for hours just trying to figure this out, and, you know, when we finally got the, the go that, that that was happening, but the the expo had been canceled and, and all this, is just like, you know, I felt bad then, but now, yeah. oh, geez. I, like, I, again, you're, you're probably more plugged in than me, but just all, all the disappointment that comes along with this being canceled is, is insane. Um, and, I mean, I, I, of course, feel bad for the athletes, too. I mean, they've been, you know, they've been pushing themselves super hard. I know I know uh, Charles Akpoko had, had originally... Um, because he's, he's in physical therapy school which is quite demanding um, he uh, after he after he won worlds had you know effectively gone into retirement then he got this invitation yeah and uh, and that, and so he's been doing that while trying to get through through physical therapy school and now that you know it's essentially you know all offered all for nothing at least for, for this year yeah uh, like being being in that type of situation I, I you know I, I can't reflect on the other the other lifters but I know that all of them been pushing themselves extra hard because this is you know this is so well, maybe not. Hopefully, not once in a lifetime thing. But this this is the first, hopefully, of, of many of this this huge competition that, that has never never been done. I, I believe uh, I'll use the term that you always use. It's historic. Right. Uh, in this case, and and it just yeah, it, it re- the whole thing is just a it's it's a huge disappointment. I, I really hope that most of these lifters can can at least uh, express all of the hard work that they've done if they can find a local meet that that still. Still happens depending on what's what's happening in their respective countries. Um, it's it's just a it's a real shame and and I I, I don't know just on a, a personal level I, I I assume Pete listens to these I my best go out to him and his team because it's it's got to be super disappointing after all that work.
1: Pete um Pete does listen. Pete was on the show talking about the SVD Invitational previously and he's going to by the way come on the show and discuss this whole fallout. Uh, But he asked to give him a little space right now. He's getting sure. He's getting absolutely murdered by DMs from people from all over the place. Everybody, if you're listening, give my man a little space. You can't believe how much loose ends everybody at SBD has got to tie up. And the the thing with Pete, he's such a nice guy. He's so accessible, though, that um, people really feel free to contact him, not taking into account what might be on his plate right now when something like this falls out. Um, I can only imagine trying to recoup whatever deposits and everything that are floating around out there and and the, all the type of loose ends that might be on, on something like this everybody's just got to realize you will get the answers for how do we qualify for next year what happens to the people that told they were lifting this year are they can they go look at the Charles Apoco that you brought up? so he won the worlds he didn't do nationals yeah. and he skipped out on a lot of his life to prep for this now he's not eligible to go to worlds anymore so now he's not, so he's just not going. Is he, or is he not? Well, these are questions that, like, they have a lot of, of shit to work out. Pardon my question, but it's the truth. And, I mean, you say, like, uh, you said, once in a lifetime, and then you correct yourself, well, maybe not once in a lifetime. Well, it might be, though. It just might be once in a lifetime for some of these people. You know how hard it is to win the world championships. I mean, it's, you might win it one year, and you're like, oh, thank God, that's amazing. Look, Tony Cliff won it now he's got to beat what is he got to beat dennis cornelius this year well that's well thank you very much you know i earned it no. when i say yeah, i'm pretending i'm tony right now i earned it by winning the world championships if i don't get if i if if i get told now well guess what that's scrap now you got to go back and win again oh by the way t- uh, dennis is back it's like wow you know for some of these people it's like it's that rocky moment some people are going to be like dennis cornelius they're going to be like you know, certain individuals were, they show up and they're the favorite. You know, I, I, look, at I'm not saying, I'm not saying Dennis can't lose to Tony. I'm not saying Tony can't pull it off. But for sure, Dennis is the favorite. And certain people are going to, so certain people are in those kind of shoes. And they like the rods. They'll be like, hey, I like my odds. Certain people are going to be like that Rocky story that we always see in sports. Where you put it together on that day, Tony had a master performance, went nine for nine, did his damn thing. And Lightning doesn't always, in, in most sporting careers... When you look at NBA winners, NFL winners, there's a reason why winning back-to-back in any sport is big. Winning back-to-back-to-back back -back 3 is absolutely phenomenal. There's a reason why in high-level sports that's so coveted and so hard to do. So in terms of these athletes, when we say just win Worlds and you come back, you hit the nail on the head and you said this might be once in a lifetime. Some people, it's like, I'm not Kimberly Walford. I won once. That might be all I'll ever win. But fuck me, I won. In the year I won, I I got told I'm going to SBD Invitational. And then I said, did I pull myself out of school? Did I whatever telling myself, I'll go to school again next year. Uh, you know, I, I can't let this pass. And then it gets canceled. And this is not SBD's fault. This is nobody's fault. But what the fudge is SBD going to do? Now, they, now they're, even though it's not their fault, they got all this laying on their lap, fix this. And I don't even know what the hell they must be thinking, the meetings they must be having. So when I hit peed up, can you come on the podcast? I wasn't thinking like, this weekend, he's like, "Can you give me a week?" I'm like, "Oh shit, man! I would give you longer than that if you need it. I have totally understand, my friend. I totally yeah. understand. I mean, I, I can't even. Uh, you, 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 want? I'm sure they want to do right by everybody, but they, they, in the end, they can't because if the world championships do p- take place in Belarus, or if, if not in June, even if they push it back or whatever, if they do take place, what are we talking about here? Is it not fair for them as well? Like, how do, how do they sort this? Uh, I
0: don't know, man. I. I... Another thing that you just, you just brought up, bringing up uh, Dennis and, and Tony Cliff, um, uh, Eli Eli Burks is in that exact same situation too. And uh, I, I saw a post he put up. I guess he was intending this to be his last meet. Um, he was going to effectively retire. Uh, he, he also said something about the fact that he, he actually was going up a weight class and he was going to try to pull the the daily board record in that class. He just wanted it to be his biggest meet ever, you yeah. know, PRs across the board. And now he can't do it. So I, I in, in all honesty, like from a business standpoint, like I, I don't know what SBD is thinking there, but from a taking care of the lifter standpoint, like I, I feel, I feel like you're, you're stuck even more there, you know, like, it's just like, originally it's, well, you know, you, you, you won the world championships, easy, easy qualification. Uh, and then other, other circumstances with a few other lifters, but you know, it, it, it's, it, it was relatively easy to classify that. And now, if you know, as long as, as long as this happens in 2021, like they're intending, I don't know how you do that. It's it, it would be extremely unfair to these people to to not give them another chance. But at the same time, there's people that are going to fulfill those qualifications this year, so long as Worlds happens. So what do we do? Yeah. Uh, it, it, all, in all in all honesty, I have no idea. And, and ultimately, I guess Pete will have to answer that for us. Um, my uh, <laughs> my hat's off to him. I, I can't imagine the level of stress that he's under right now.
1: Oh, be, it, it's It's complete... Yeah, it's a disaster. I, I would I would assume what they might do is because it looks like a lot of sports leagues are following other sports leagues toe right in terms of in terms of the path they're taking. They're staying they're staying in toe with each other. So when one sports league says we're canceling the season or suspending the season at least, and possibly cancellation down the road, the other sports leagues are like, look, let's follow suit and let's just see what let's let's tow that line right. And I think some some sports um, we're not looking, we're we're not set up like NFL, NBA, NHL in Major League Soccer. However, we are set up like other Olympic sports where we have um, world championships and we have et cetera like that. Like a lot of Olympic sports, we're not the only ones out there set up like this. So let's see, and a lot of those other sports have Grand prix, and they have people who qualify for Grand prix or those cash prizes, whether it's track and field and sprinting, et cetera. So what SBD and a lot of me directors might do is let's sit back and see what they do in terms of um, creative problem solving. I mean, and, and see what some ideas come to pass, and let's see if we can't take some ideas from here, take some ideas from there, and try to be as fair to everybody, including ourselves. Look, I don't want SPD to overextend so this fucking thing can't go on. And the worst thing in the world could be try to be good to everybody when you really can't. Overextend in the first year the last year because they take an absolute bath, and they lose so much money because, like, look, I mean, it's tough, so... They might have to pay attention to some of these other sports. See what they do. See what they do to try to be fair to everybody else um, because we're not the only ones. You know, there's so many different sports out there, international, with some major invitationals, major Grand Prixs with prize money, and people somehow qualify for those Grand prix, and they're they're going to have to problem-solve themselves. Uh, when Pete Dubs come on in a week's time, I don't know if he's going to have all the answers. Some of, it, some of the answers to the questions might be as simple as, my friend, Um, we're we're looking into it. Here's what I know. Here's what I can tell you. You know, here's some official statements. Here's some ideas we're kicking around. And maybe maybe we have people even listening, shooting some ideas on. Look at powerlifting. We got some creative people. That's how we made it this far without any kind of mainstream sponsorships, mainstream media, mainstream push. And look what we're able to do. So I'm sure some people come up with some things. But yeah, it it guts me to hear even Eli's story. Let me tell you about Eli Burks. This dude is... A doctor who runs a clinic works ridiculous, like sixteen-hour days sometimes. A huge chunk of his time is is like in terms of paying it forward towards charity-style events. Um, The guy's got an absolute heart of gold. If you ever if you see him, he looks like a monster. You see him deadlifting and and smashing weights, you might think, "Oh my God, he's a monster. He must be like a typical meathead, um, intimidating guy." And then you. I remember when we had him on the podcast, the poster I use, you know, I make those posters and take the lifter, make it almost like a, like a fucking movie poster. I try to make it as dope as possible like that. I have him flexing arms up and I'm like the monster returns because he had won previous years. He had won and he came back and this is a comeback for him and he won in Sweden. So is the return of the monster. Have him on the podcast and people like this guy couldn't be more of a sweetheart. He, I mean, right. if you ever met this dude, he's one of the nicest guys in powerlifting. That guy is he's even soft spoken. You know some guys, um, it's just the way they talk, they sound like super nice and friendly. They disarm you immediately once you hear him start talking. And that's Eli. You know, and right. to hear a guy like Eli who's like, look at I have like he's got a major career going, a lot of it is giving back to the community. Um He's got a wife, they wanna start a family or whatever, maybe they already have one, but I know he's got a girl and they're moving in and doing some big things and trying to move forward in life. And if he's like, look it, I won the world championships a couple times, I'm multiple time world champion, broke world records, I did my thing. This is uh, an amazing, unique you know, opportunity to be in the SPD invitational. And mm-hmm. um, it's the first one, probably, hopefully the first of many, for me to get on the ground level to say I was in the first, that's amazing. And for him to have those goals, I'm gonna move up a weight class, Break world records and that will be my adios, that will be my kudos, that will be, you know, kick off lifting shoes, wave goodbye to the crowd and that's the end. This isn't how the end's supposed to be. You know, that's oh. like, we all feel sorry for ourselves at times and then you hear like, shit man, there's some people going through some real things. And, and that's like, that's just sporting wise. I mean, there's some other people who are devastated by the corona on a, on a level of you are losing loved ones or, uh, you know, so. Yeah, fuck man. There's no easy, I mean, believe me, I don't lose sight. That there are people around the world losing loved ones. I'm just keeping yeah. it. I'm keeping it sporting as possible because it's a sporting podcast. I think we talked pretty good about the humanity side, how much we've seen it affect us already here, even before it's full blown over here. Let alone if it ever gets to like it was in China, where we see people dying, and um, and eventually we're going to. But uh, just on you know on on several levels, man, it's. Uh, it's, it's gonna, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. These local meets are running, but we could go to full-on shutdown. These local meets wrap up.
0: Yeah. But yeah hey, I, sorry, go ahead. You go first. Oh, I, I, w- I was just going to add on to that thought and just say like, uh, you know, it, it, in the interest of public health, I would not be surprised if that, if that happens for sure.
1: Well, it's the easiest way to get a wrap on this thing. A couple things got to happen. We follow the cue the of these other nations that so quickly turned it around and actually have declining, um, cases, People go on lockdown. If you can work from home, you work from home. Um, and then in gyms and stuff like that, sorry, probably not going to happen. Hopefully, you got a friend that, you know, or whatever. I got weights at my house. I'm going to smash up. I'll stay ready. Your boy stays gas station ready. Um, I don't even know what that term means, but I see the fucking hashtag. I'm trying to be cool right now. Um, but, uh, but and, and also testing's got to go up. Testing's got to go up. Look, in South Korea, America's got the biggest economy in the world. You know, you listen to Trump, he'll let you know. And then, um, you know, so South Korea is doing 10,000 tests a day. The U.S. can do fucking well more than that. And just let's get a handle on this thing. Because the numbers I'm seeing in terms of testing per day is like the bare minimum. I mean, like, it's ridiculous. It'll scare you. It'll scare you. In terms of bringing it back for a second on the powerlifting front, um, some unanswered we have from this. So Taylor Atwood still might be the first guy to total 800. My man Austin Perkins, as we were going on to this, tag, tag, he was tagging King of lit, so I've seen every single one of his posts, because eh? he wants me to re-tag these bad boys, and I will, my man, uh, after this. However, um, I think he thought SPD Invitational, obviously Michael C. bombed out at Arnold's. We're going to get to Arnold's. This is, We'll do the recap, don't worry. <laughs> this might be two episodes, but um, well, you get, you, we're going to get our buddies worth from us But um, obviously Michael C. bombed out at Arnold's. Taylor Atwood had to pull out of the um, SPD, or well, not pull out, but the SPD Invitational got canceled. However, and, and so Michael, and then he says, you know, well, Ricky chose moved it up to 83. He would have been next there. So he's not going to take a stab at 800. So that looks like it's your boy's turn. And I'm going to be actually the next one coming out. And I'm maybe I am going to be the one who hits 800 first. However, your insight, my man, Taylor Atwood, is still competing and still might be the first guy to hit 800.
0: I mean, that's that's so. I believe the exact words on Taylor's story were, uh, "We'll see uh, on that." Ah. I mean, I mean, let's I mean, I, let's be 100% honest on that. Going from thinking you're peaking in three weeks to peaking in two days, you know, like I you learn that you're competing in a meet on Sunday. Yeah you know, you don't have a a ton of time to get a good taper weekend. I'm not not saying he, I'm not saying he won't do well. Um, plus I have to imagine he probably wasn't cutting weight this week. Right.
1: Yeah. You're right. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, so uh, I'm not saying that, that, uh, Taylor wouldn't, wouldn't be capable of it. I mean, I know he's been, he's been going through some, uh, some, some injury stuff as well. And it seems like he's been, you know, kind of on the comeback from that, but it, you know, is this maybe a bit too early? Yeah. Uh, I, I know, I know you, can never, you can never doubt Taylor and, and his, uh, his abilities, um, but I don't know. I think when he said we'll see, I think he might have actually meant it this time. It's, it's
1: yeah, you know, you made, you made some really good points. Plus um, two weeks out, so he'll probably miss his taper week and his cutting week if he's water-loading and all the rest of it. So you're right. How's, where's the time for that? And then B, the week before that I asked him sugar load a sugar loader training one week early. But he probably had some some last, you know, big singles here and there where, I mean, and that makes a difference. It's tough to jump from, look, at if he's planning on squatting, you know, I mean, obviously in the early 600s, right? Around 2, whatever, 280, 290, two whatever the shit. Um, if, if, if he's jumping from too far out from two weeks out straight to that, it feels a little different when you would have had that intermediary week in between where you would have had at least one more single on your back. That would have bridged that gap. And it doesn't feel as funky. When you haven't got heavy enough with your singles just yet. Because you thought you had one last week to get a little more heavy weight in your hands. And then you're walking out that weight on your back. And shit, I never felt anything quite this close enough in my prep. That's tough, man. You know, it's... uh, So, I don't know if he's... He's probably kicking around the idea. Because he just heard SPD invitations canceled. So, he kicks the idea around in his head. And then um, whether or not he's actually going to pull the trigger on that idea, I don't know. He, he would have yeah. nothing to lose. It's a YOLO move. He could show up at a local meet, surprise everybody, or maybe he's looking for another meet in a week's time. I mean, that all depends on the lining up of.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. I uh, I thought maybe I would I would look into the, the lifting cast uh, and see if, see if he's on here, see if maybe he's confirmed as a 74. Oh, or not.
1: there we go. Yeah, dig, dig deep. I'll keep running my damn mouth.
0: But, uh, um, ah, okay, so here we go. So he's registered as a guest lifter. So, oh, so shit, it, he is, yeah. So, is I don't think I, I guess that makes sense, you know. Uh, he, uh, you know, he, if he's entering like two days before, so I guess even if he does hit it, his total won't necessarily count.
1: Oh, is that what it is? A guest lifter? See, here's what I thought I've been a guest lifter before. Um, years ago, I went to the Michigan State Championship, and um, this is what I was told I'm not from Michigan. So I can't win. I can't be champion of Michigan because I'm not from. I'm Canadian, for God's sake. I'm not even American. However, I can. My my lifts are official because I was trying to qualify for something in Canada. Um, so my lifts are official, and I won. Like a, here's another. The dude is like, "Right, I'm sorry, man. Um, you can't win a gold medal because I actually won." Okay. So he's like, "I can't give you a gold medal. You're not from Michigan. It's not right. So you're not going to get a gold medal." However. I'm gonna give you this honorary samurai sword, and I'm like, my, I'm like, my dude, that is so much cooler than a gold medal any day. When you've been powering the thing as long as I have, you just rack up like these little knickknacks here and there, like they're just gonna go. But I got a fucking samurai sword now on my wall. I'm like, are you kidding me? That this is. I was like, my friend, don't apologize. This is no consolation prize, man. I'm going, I'm going this samurai sword in a good story, but um. Is, that was
0: fun getting across the border
1: well i'm glad i didn't get stopped because it's a hard thing to explain to somebody uh excuse me sir um but especially if the coronavirus had going around at that time people like oh, are you expect what are you expecting over here but uh, but uh but anyways trying to stay safe but um but in terms of taylor so it might be because he didn't meet meet the deadline, It might be that, look at Taylor, you can't take anybody's medal. It just ain't right. You weren't there in the deadline. However, your lifts will be in front of judges. You have an opportunity to be drug tested like anyone else, and those lifts are official. They will be handed in to the USAPL. They will be logged in the database. Those are official lifts, but in terms of the tournament that we are holding, you are not going to take anybody's medal. It's just not right for me to take one medal, because obviously he's going to win. We're not taking a best lifter award. We're not giving you best lifter award. We're not giving you that, but your lifts are official. You just can't win awards that might be with the guest historically speaking guest lifter that's usually what that means um
0: i i i I don't know for sure though hopefully it is i I, um so i'm thinking back to like a situation where because i i I believe you're right on all that it's just a question of does it you know if he weighs in as a 74 does it count towards towards the records and from what i'm what i'm remembering if i remember correctly because i remember uh my buddy, uh, my buddy Darrington Wright, who's coached by uh, by Hannick, uh one of the other TSA coaches. I remember at, at nationals he was supposed to be in be in prime time for 93s, and uh, the man could not drop weight. We were we were doing everything, just couldn't could not make it. Um, so he had to be a guest lifter in the 105s the next day. Uh. And as I recall, he still would have he still would have placed well, um, but they they didn't count any of his lifts for anything anything like that. Like he you know he could have he could have done numbers that. Um would have uh would have gotten him a couple records because he was uh, he was still a junior at the time. Um But it, it didn't end up happy. it didn't end up counting because he was a guest lifter. So that's that's along the lines of what what I'm thinking. I could be wrong there. I don't know if it's maybe up to the meet director or something like that. But as far as is counting for for well, I mean it wouldn't necessarily count for national records anyway, because it's not a, it's not a state meet. That's the rule here in, in USA powerlifting. You have to at least do it in a, a state meet for it to be a national record. Um I, I think Here's what I think. I think you hit the nail right there. I think
1: you're 100% right. It won't be a national record. Obviously, sure as hell not going to be, or sorry, it won't be a national record. Sure as hell not going to be a world record because this isn't one of those fucking feds where you can break world records at local meets. Drives me crazy. When people, well, let's talk, let's put a pin in that. I want to talk about it in a second because that's kind of relevant news as well. But um, so it's not going to be a record. It's not gonna be a record, period. In terms of, if you look up in the USAPL and you look up in the IPF, however, they will be recognized by the USAPL as official lifts. So, he, if he hits 800, he will be the first to officially hit 800. The US it won't be a national record, but he will be the first to hit 800, and that happens. You even have you have national records like higher than world records. You have yeah. you know, etc. So, in terms of the records, um, yeah, he's not gonna get a I, I, he's not gonna get a plaque. In terms of I officially crossed the 800 um, as per three judges in the USAPL. He'll be the first. That's, that, he, he can raise his head and be like, that was me. Just so. Um, it, but, I mean, it, it might all be for naught. And if people listening are wondering, I get this no matter how many times I explain that. People are like, you know, it's so stupid. Gravity's gravity. Why does it matter if it's at a provincial level uh, uh, or state level or a national level or a world level? The reason why, man, you can have a record in, or sorry, a a competition in your, in your, in your boys, you know, gym, and you just get a couple local guys to be the judges, et cetera, and then all these world records fall. And lately, we've been seeing people breaking all-time world records, and all-time world records meaning not for any federation, just across all untested feds essentially is what that means. Across all untested feds, this is the biggest squat. This is the biggest dead. Here's the problem with that when it's across all feds sounds good because it sounds universal however there is no universal sanctioning for it. so you got guys who are breaking all-time records turning around looking at the video and they themselves are like god damn this squad is high i, I can't oh, even man. in good conscience allow this so my man from australia did that broke records and like i don't even officially recognize these records myself andrew herbert um who we had on a podcast, another one of powerlifting's all time nice guys, um, broke records and and then said, you know what, I don't even feel comfortable taking this record. I didn't like I didn't think it was conclusive to me that it was deep enough. Kevin Oak in the Untested was like "I,", I, I he himself was like, I'm seeing an ugly trend where we have competitions and it's just like record breakers. It's starting to get a little silly where you know deadlifts are not locked out, squats are not low enough. And he's like, We gotta stop with this we need some kind of formation. People get upset about IPF. They ask for it. It's too low. It's stupid. People that was that squat was low enough and you get upset. Choose your poison though, my friends. Do you want a squat? Like, do you want it that sometimes you argue the squat was too low and, and you didn't get it or not low enough? And we start to look like some of these untested feds where you lose credibility. It's hard. You, I promise you, you will never get it just right. Not in sports. If you watch baseball, the strike zone changes. You watch basketball, fouls get called on some guys and don't get called on others in the exact same game. It will never be right down the line. If you ask me, I would prefer IPF judging over the untested judging any goddamn day of the week. And I would prefer... Uh, I would prefer the setup where records are actually held in high esteem and you don't break a world record unless it's an international event with international judges. You sure as shit don't break it at a local meet at a local gym with three guys locally watching and they're under under—they're they're just, they're just basically cheerleaders. You see judges damn near cheering for the fucking guy who's going for the squad himself. And they're going to give him high fives afterwards and be like, I can't believe I was here. I feel so honored and privileged to have been there and watched you squat that world record. Oh, and by the way, I was one of the judges. Yeah, that's not the attitude you're supposed to take. You know, it's it's hold the standard, my friends. When you show up at the IPF World Championships, these judges won't even give you eye contact, let alone crack you a smile. You're not getting no favors. You know what I mean? So, um, I had Kimberly Walford on here, and she was like, she's an international judging at the World Championships, and she's like, look at me, I got friends going up there. I don't crack them a smile. I don't give no support whatsoever. You hit it. it Convince me. I'm looking at you. I'm not even looking at your face. I'm blanking out your face. I don't know you once you hit the platform. That's the way it's got to be, you know? Yeah. So, if I could just give a little rant on that. So, uh, but anyways, that's just more like local powerlifting news. That's what's been happening. So, it's going to be interesting. I think we cover. Do we have any more we should cover on that, my friend? Uh, Did you have no, thoughts no. on
0: there? Did you have no, thoughts no. on No, no. Not that not that I can think of. I think, you, I think you covered that well. I mean, that's. More. That's more than expressive of how of how I feel. I mean, there's a reason why there should be a standard set in in place. Um, that's probably the example that I would have brought up with, with that if we were having that discussion anyway. So yeah, absolutely on the nose with that. Um, regardless of uh, just the the general sense, I I, I wish uh, I wish Taylor best of luck this weekend. And uh, if he if he doesn't do it, I guess the the race will continue.
1: Let me ask you something. Let me ask you a question. Sure um so what is what went into the decision by by Cho first off uh my man my man and Taylor were definitely going getting some back and forth for a little while there in in terms of social media um definitely the villain of the 74s I am a Cho fan and everybody everybody knows it um because I love it what is your take on all that are you are you involved on does he tell you or do you ever see stuff when you see him going at it, going at a guy like Taylor, and, and tell yourself like, do you ever have conversations about it? Do you ever get uncomfortable with it, knowing that you're his coach? Uh, for anyone listening, my man is is Ricky Cho's coach. Do you ever get felt like you're put in an awkward situation? And um, and, and be, l- l- you just let me know. I-, I was about to give you a scenario because you haven't seen Taylor and shit yet with Cho in person, but and and maybe that's going to come on down the line.
0: Right. Um, well, here let me let me put it to you this way, Ryan, because I've gotten this question uh, a lot recently from from various people. Um, generally speaking, my, my view of coaching is it is my job as an individual to make my clients the strongest they possibly can be. Um, and I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure that that happens. How they conduct themselves, so long as they're not physically hurting anyone, and so long as they're not acting with true malice is none of my business. Uh, it is my job to make somebody strong and to support their goals. And that's what I'm going to continue to do. Uh, so with Ricky, from the way that he's explained it to me, it's all, it's all in favor of, of hype and, and making, making that whole rivalry a, a bigger deal, um, which I can, I can understand. I have nothing to do with it. It's it's up to it's up to Ricky to, to make his, his choices. He's a big boy. Uh, he can say what he wants, and uh, that's that's just generally what I'll what I'll say on that. Um, I think that uh, I think that the the biggest thing with this with this whole thing is that um, it's it's not very easy to see the way in which Ricky might be inflecting this uh, online. It's very easy to see just to take something because you know there's no tonality on the internet unless we're you know unless there's video or audio like we're doing now um and it's it's even when when you know he has been on interviews it hasn't necessarily been something that's that he's been immediately mouthful about um but yeah that's that's kind of my my take on it it's it's my job to make ricky as strong as possible um He's always, you know, he's always uh, struck me as a, an ambitious guy, and, and you know if that's if, if that's part of the way that he works as a powerlifter, then that's his business. And and until he uh, in, until the day that he actually you know ends up doing something uh, terrible, I'm I'm going to just continue to to work with him and make him as strong as, as possible because uh, that's my job as a coach.
1: What do you think would be that terrible thing where he crossed line? Like, what, what would you say is all right? That's too far. I think I might even have to have a conversation with my man. Do you? What, what would be a scenario to you?
0: Uh, I'll be 100 percent honest. It, it's not really something that's crossed my mind because Ricky's never given me any indication that he would take something that far. Um, I, I really couldn't tell you off the top of my head. Uh, it would have to be something. I don't know. It, w- it, it would have to. It would have to create some sort of of long lasting terrible effect on things. But at, at the end of the day, like sports in general there's, there's trash talk all the time. Yeah. You know, uh, it's, it's uh, like, I understand spirit of competition, uh, rooting for one another. I, I, I get all that. I get all that. And I, I think that I still believe that that's extremely important. Um, because that's what powerlifting is known for supporting your fellow lifter. But at the same time, I, I understand the angle that he's taking. And, uh, again, it's not really my business to police what he does.
1: You know, like, first off, I 100% agree with you. Um, and in terms of like, people say it doesn't matter you don't need to you know trash talk or whatever you know it's i'll tell you right now you need only take a look at ricky's numbers the first time i had him on the podcast i remember him telling me it was just after the world championships which we commentated together and oh, i remember yeah. asking you what what session do you want to hop in here because it's the juniors and um you're like oh the 74s it's like really you go oh yeah oh oh for sure and i wasn't familiar familiar with ricky or michael c and you're like dude these guys are going to battle they've been going back and forth on social media they're so neck and neck it's going to be the best battle of the juniors anyways and my man um talk about live up these guys right down and the presence that ricky had when he hit the platform That he was so confident and cocky and like the way he held himself and then michael c you know the typical strong silent type and um I was like, man, I just love the rivalry they had in Sweden. Had them both on the podcast as soon as I got back, I'm like, I'm booking both these guys. I want to get their background stories. Ricky, when I have him on the podcast, the charisma this kid has, and um, when he takes jabs at people, this is the way he does it. And let me let me all double back to the Michael C's take on the whole trash talking situation. But Ricky's Ricky explained, he's like, look it, I'm gonna keep it sporting. I'm gonna keep it, you you squat high, you make excuses um you're dodging this guy or you got lucky here or I'm gonna keep it 100 on sport I'm not gonna be and and I might question your integrity on sport not on you in terms of I'm not coming at your family I'm not coming at what you do for a living I'm not coming at um you know you're an asshole you're I'm not calling you names and shit like that and furthermore there's a reason why I chose an anime character as the villain you know, and he's doing, like, when he's saying he's gunning, like, long Live the king, and he's taking shots from the Lion King, when obviously he, um, uh, Scar, who's the villain of the story, kills the king, and whatever, and then he's taking shots of Taylor Atwood with that. He's trying to make it as fun as possible, without going too far. Now, is that the way Taylor took it? Doesn't sound like it the way Taylor had posted in his, um, Instagram stories, but the way people take it, um, you never, here's another thing. You don't, understand, you don't know exactly what Taylor might be going through on his end. If he's going through the injury at that time, you're not going to be overly humorous when you see some shit. You're really not into, you're not feeling it. You're really, you know. So it is what it is for both these dudes. Myself, as a third-party observer, I I, I promise you that the trash-talking and uh, of, of Cho, and then even the strong, silent character that C brought. So if you don't like the trash-talking, well, guess what? You got the total opposite in Michael C. who's strong, silent, confident. He's willing to say, "Hey, I'll be the first to hit 800." And um, and then you, if if you like the pizzazz, the good-looking kid who hits that platform of pizzazz, you got um, Austin Perkins, who who's you know he's he's got a lot of charisma as well. And if you like, you know, the the um, uber-confident veteran who wins every time and is the that king on the top that all these young guns are gunning for and you like the dynasty because people were very dynastic in terms of human beings. We love a dynasty. We love room for, well, then you got Taylor. You know? So the 74 has got all that. Ricky, the villain is necessary. If you don't think he is, if you don't think he is, if you don't, if you honestly believe if Ricky got pulled out of the equation, it still would have been hype because those guys are good, but it wouldn't have been nearly as much hype because those guys aren't taking shots at each other. Like Ricky's going to fire some shots he's going to stay within the parameters of sport. He'll toe that damn line, though. He'll toe yeah. that damn line, though. We'll be, we'll, yeah. I'll give you that. He'll he'll get you going a little bit. But there's no question, man. E- even even the, the drumming up of Chasing the 800, Ricky going in there and, and throwing his opinion and stuff. It's got people talking. And when I had Michael C. on here, Michael C. said, he's like, you know, initially I didn't meet Ricky. I didn't know where Ricky was coming from. So it wasn't like they got together behind the scenes and said, let's do this to drum up hype. That wasn't it. Ricky was just doing this damn thing and Ricky's got a personality and it, it was shining through. And Michael was like, I told him, look, I um, actually had Michael C's girlfriend, Jasmine Penn on as well. And even Jasmine was like, like Michael, this dude's firing shots at you. Like Michael, this dude, this dude. She was like, what the fuck is this? Who's Ricky Cho? I'm like, well, this dude better watch himself. And Michael's like, relax. It's all in sports. It's all good. And then, um, see Met Cho at the World Championships and he was like, yeah, I mean he's all right. I hopped on podcast together. All right, he's all right. And then when he, I had him on the podcast leading it, leading into the Arnold. Um, he was like, "Look at it, man, it's. I think it's good for this. I, I think it's a plus. I don't think it's. I don't think it's a minus. I don't think it's. Well, it is what it is. I think it's an actual plus. I think all of us um, have boosted in terms of our social media numbers. Don't lie. Ricky went from 1,000 followers around the World Championships, and he's over 20,000 followers now. His YouTube is killing it. And then the because the rivalry is going, Michael C's Instagram's blowing up. Austin Perkins, yeah. obviously, Atwood been blowing up, and he's gonna be blowing up regardless. But I think it's it's making the tide rise, and all boats are rising because there's interest in it. Because you yeah. got characters like this.
0: Now him yeah. moving
1: up, what do you say about um, people him moving up to eat eight, to 83 kilo? Was that was that just because he's getting too damn big? Well, what was, or and what do you say about people saying, "My man, you can't leave without finishing this this squabble with Taylor Allen"?
0: So, what I would say here is just, well, first of all they got to double back for one second and say yeah. when it comes to the rest of the guys, um, i spoke, I spoke to Michael and, and his coach Marcellus at the, at the Arnold. And, you know, we had a little powwow on this subject and yeah, it, it seems like, you know, at least Michael under, understands that this is all in sport and there's no real problems with that, but I want to put it out there to, to Austin and Taylor that I know I, I personally have no problems or qualms with either of them. And I hope that when we, you know, when we see you guys in in the future it meets, that everything will be civil. Uh, I know it, I've, I've never really interacted with Austin before, but at least Taylor, I've always been friendly with. So I want to put that out there publicly and let and let them know. Um, beyond that, though, uh, I'll I'll go back to my original statement and saying it's my job to to support Ricky in being as as strong as he possibly can be, and uh, that's what we're going to continue to do when it comes to when it comes to his goals with that. So is so. that
1: weight? Is the weight cut just like what of those deals? like, look at I. I would love to stick around, but this this is getting tough. So he's.
0: he's... I think I think with any I think with any athlete, there there just kind of comes that point, you know, where uh, where you're you're trying you're trying to cut weight and and your your strength just decreases a little bit too much. Uh, I I was doing that myself recently, trying to go down to eighty three kilos to make our nationals because it's so so freaking competitive. And uh, yeah, I'm just at that point where I'm 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 carrying a little bit too much muscle mass to to not be a ninety three. Um, so that, I think that happens with,
1: with every athlete. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's an okay problem to have too much muscle mass sometimes it's okay. It is, it is, man, it's not the easiest thing in the world in terms of like counting macros reverse diet. And that's a whole nother science behind it in, into itself. Um, so I 100% hate you. Um, I think we pretty much covered everything in terms of the SPD, in you know, cancellation, uh, bench world's cancellation, obviously master world's cancellation, and we had to touch up on. Um, Some of those backstories, that's what some people were asking me about and been asking me about, and um, so I think we hit it, and I think we're ready to get into the uh, Arnold Classic, my friend? Yeah. Okay, so what we'll probably do is, because we're already at a minute five, or an hour five, so that'll be one episode right there, so if you're listening, the next episode, I'm going to drop it um, later on the exact same day. We're doing the Arnold Classic.